This is Dave Broadbeck uh, here talking to you, and as I guess you'd imagine considering the name of the podcast. And uh, the lecture you're about to hear is from the fall term in 2018 from Algoma University. It is Biology uh, and also Psychology 2606, Brain and Behavior. Hope you enjoy it. So last time we were talking about these key terms in genetics. Uh, how many people here actually are taking or have taken a genetics class? Oh, cool. Okay. That's awesome. Um, so you can go to sleep for a while. Basically, we were talking about dominant and recessive alleles, right? Uh, you can you can get, we talked about blue and brown eyes, which is, this, as I mentioned, a vast simplification of the genetic basis of human iris color. But it's a good example. Um, there you're talking about a pure dominance recessive relationship, right? So when you have, when your uh, genotype is that, it'd be little b or little b big b, and you might say, what's the difference? Father, mother, father, mother. Okay, so they're actually two different genotypes, though they're homologous. They, they end up being exactly the same. Or big b, big b, okay? You end up with the brown eyes, and then this is the one you get for blue eyes, right? It'll be blue. So the point of this is that that's what's called a pure dominance recessive relationship. So you'll have this kind of case where this, any of these leads to one phenotype, and this leads to a different phenotype. You can get partial dominance, where you get something like when you are heterozygous for a gene, so that would be big B, little b, or little b, big b, you get something intermediate, something between the homozygous versions, okay? So homozygous just means you have the same allele from both parents. Heterozygous means you get different alleles, right? Okay, questions? You good? Okay. This is stuff you probably all ran into in high school. Uh, or if you've taken a genetic class like you have, uh, or introduction to biology, things like that. I never should say things like that, because then it makes, if anybody has a question, they feel like, oh, I should have known this from high school. I'm not going <coughs> to ask, I feel stupid. So you don't, that's just me being stupid. Don't do that. Okay, I'm never going to ever test you on this, because you should know this already. See, I just did it again. So what happens is this meiosis, this is uh, making sex cells. Okay. I don't, the phases, I literally remember being tested on this in grade 10. So I'm sure they still teach things in school. Uh, actually, I'm not sure, but I would guess. Like I said, I think they just give you marks for showing up and Googling, but nonetheless. I don't care about the phases. The important thing to note here is that it's not just like mom's chromosomes going, uh, mom's chromosomes, mom's genes go to one cell and dad's go into another. It doesn't work that way. It does in some exceedingly simple organisms. But it doesn't work that way in something as complicated as, well, almost any, any, almost any animal. Uh, so it's not the chromosomes just pair off and go. There's also what's called recombination. So you see little bits of, of, of chromosomes split off. And this is why you get characteristics that go with each other. Right, so when, if you've got a chromosome here, right, and 
Let's say it's going to split off here. And again, it's not that simple. They don't just split off into two. It just makes the drawing easier. But let's say there's a, a locus here that controls, I don't know, we'll just call it gene A. And right beside it is gene B. They're going to end up together. Right? So those alleles will end up together. That's why you'll often get stuff that, so certain characteristics go with other characteristics. That's all that means. Okay? So you end up with four daughter cells, which are sex cells. Doesn't say there if they're uh, sperm or egg. Doesn't matter. Same, same system. So each sex cell is a little bit different. And think about this. If it weren't, you'd look exactly like your brother or your sister. Or there'd be like a one in two chance of you looking exactly like your brother or your sister. One in four, sorry. That's not how it works. Humans are inbred enough without that screwing with our genetics. Okay. So it's just the idea here. The, the, the important point of this is that every sex cell is a little bit different. And this leads to a lot of nice genetic variability. So the recombination uh, is a source of a lot of genetic variation. It occurs in all but the simplest organisms. I don't, there are animals that doesn't happen in. Hydra? Yeah, probably. Doesn't matter. Anything we're interested in, happens. Mutation is the only source of new genetic material. Mutation is, when those cells are made, right? Copies of each gene have to be made. And sometimes there are mistakes. It's like, I mean, and you're not used to this anymore because no, nobody uses tapes anymore. But it used to be, for example, if you taped off a, a vinyl record, they, they were like really big CDs that spun. And I'm sure you know what vinyl is. And you get a cassette tape, and then you lend it to your friend, and they tape your tape. And then they eventually, it gets to the point where you lose like a lot of fidelity, right? That kind of thing. It's not quite that. That's a decent analogy, I guess. Uh, except that no one uses cassette tapes anymore. But usually, mutations are bad. Like almost always. Because think about something as complicated as even something as complicated as a nematode, something that has 302 neurons, little flatworm that you can't really see without a microscope. <laughs> like, you can't see that it's a worm. You have to look with a microscope. It's like a, a big one's a millimeter long. It's 302 neurons. And we know the genome. And we know what every neuron does. It's a great little model animal. Okay. Even something like that, something that simple, everything is connected to everything else. Right? So if one gene screws up, a whole bunch of other, it'll, it'll make it like a cascading effect that nothing works. And you think about things, even you think about things as complicated as a human. The fact that we have five digits on our hands and, and feet, that's genetically controlled? Sure, of course it is. 
the gene that controls that, or one of the very important genes that controls that, also controls the development of your reproductive organs. So genes can do multiple things. And you think, well, it'd be great to have six fingers, but also it's good having a working, you know, parts. Kind of more important for evolution. Because if you can't breed, <laughs> you can't pass your genes on. So there's a lot of times when things have multiple functions. Later on in the course, we'll talk about things like epithelial growth factor, which is a, you can probably guess what that is, it repairs cuts, makes your skin grow. It also differentiates cells in the nervous system. So this is the kind of thing that like, and that's of course going to be coded by a gene, and that gene does at least two, well, there's way more than two things. Right? So some are neutral, and a very small amount confer some advantage. Okay? And that's how the incremental... Incrementalness? That's not a word. Evolution is incremental <laughs> because of this, right? It's very rare, and we talked about the salt and pepper moth, right? The idea that this moth, a mutation led to it having mostly black coloration. That would be bad normally, but the environment selected it that, that way because the trees were all covered in soot. Question. Yeah? Good? Okay. So, you have half your genes from your mom, half from your dad. So, you've got one allele from mom, one from dad, right? Leading to things like your eye color. And single genes can affect the characteristic, like your eye color, they can also affect behavioral things. But it's more common with complicated human behavior that many genes can affect the characteristic or do affect the characteristic. Much more common with human cognition, human behavior, or really any of them, uh, that we're talking about multiple genes. On the other hand, it is the case, for example, uh, I can think of uh, an example with a kind of bird called a black-capped warbler. And they migrate from the UK down to like Tunisia, Morocco for the winter because it's warmer there. Turn around, come home. At, well, not home. It's home. Home's Tunisia for half the year and the UK for half the year. Now with that Brexit thing, everything's going to change. <laughs> Somebody got that. Thank you. Newspaper, but or maybe the joke wasn't funny. It's also possible. Uh, now it's interesting. You would think migration. Like the direction of migration, would that be controlled by a single gene? We would think so, except that in the 1950s, a new morph, a new version of black-capped warblers, same species, but showed up, and they started showing up like wintering in Bavaria. Bavaria, very nice. But for the winter, usually birds fly to where warm is. It's not warm in Bavaria in the mountains in the winter. Yeah, normally what would happen? That morph dies out very quickly, right? That would be selected against. Except that people in Bavaria really like putting up bird feeders. So it turns out then that some of these birds end up going to Bavaria. And you think that can't be a single gene. Except that when you cross 
the ones that go where they're supposed to go to Tunisia or Morocco with the ones that go to Bavaria, you end up with this perfect situation that looks just like this. A quarter of them end up going to Bavaria and three quarters go to Tunisia and Morocco. Which tells you then that it's a single gene controlling direction of migration and also where to stop a single freaking gene. So that's pretty complicated behavior. Right? It's kind of cool. So single genes can affect very complicated characteristics, but typically, probably, it's going to be multiple genes. Okay? And that's clearly, I mean, migratory direction and, and, and distance and all that, that's obviously going to be a cognitive task of some sort. That's, that's controlled in the nervous system. All right, questions so far? Remember, it's always an interaction between the environment and the genes. Right? It's always an environment-gene interaction. Think about this. If people didn't really like putting out bird feeders in Bavaria, those birds, they would have just died out. Right? They'd show up in Bavaria going, it's very cold here. Let's go looking for food. Oh, there's no food. Oh, great, I flew here because I couldn't help it. And now there's no food. And they die. However, turns out if you fly there, you end up going to a place and it's, 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 it's a bunch of kind German people putting out bird feeders. Yay! Everything's fine. Still a pretty blow-away result. It's always an interaction. Now I'm going to give you an example of a single gene... Uh, a single genetic mutation, a single allele that messes with various behavior and cognitive. And the example I'm going to give you is called OCA1 or ocular cutaneous albinism 1, which is something I have. It's a genetic disorder. So there's a single gene. It's, it's involved in the production of melanin. Melanin is the pigment in your skin and your hair and your eyes, which everyone else in this room has. I don't. Uh, basically, uh, it involves metabolizing tyrosine. So it's for the production of tyrosinase. I don't make any. The allele that I have makes part of it, and then it, does, it stops. Great. Thanks. Way to go, mom and dad. Jerks. So, I don't have any, any, any pigment in my hair and in my skin. And my, eyes. my hair literally is clear. If you look at my hair under a microscope, it is clear. It's not stunningly long. <laughs> it's clear. I always wanted to put that like in my passport, but I thought it's probably a mistake. I really didn't like that. <laughs> Says here, sir, you got clear hair. Like that border security show, you know, people are always just trying to smuggle sausage into the country. Have you noticed that? Every episode, there's a guy with like, like people just bringing sausages in. It's weird that that's a big issue, because every episode, 
Meanwhile, at the land border crossing, when they show some guy trying to bring in sausage. The best part is when they say, I don't know, I didn't pack my luggage. It's like, geez, that's the thing you're not supposed to say at the airport. That's up there with, I've got a bomb with me. Ha, 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 funny joke. People are stupid. Anyway, so there's a single gene for producing melanin. And I, I, they involved involve in the production of melanin. I don't have that gene. The bad copy. I have simplified this down. This actually isn't the way it's referred to, <coughs> but I'm going to refer to it this way. So big A is the normal allele, the one that all you guys have. Little A is the one I have. And it's a pure dominance recessive relationship. So all of these lead to you guys. And I would guess that everybody in here is this. Is an off, it always looks like I'm, I'm not. There's uh, an off chance that one of you, uh, maybe one of you is a carrier. Probably not. Probably not. And I use the word normal because it doesn't offend me. I'm not normal. It's a statistical concept. It doesn't bother me. It's not offensive. It is for some people, and that's fine. They can be offended all they want. I'm not. Just a personal thing. It pisses me off. Don't use the word I'm talking about me. It's okay, then. It's like I can make blind jokes. They're funny when I make them. Right? Blind guy walks into a... Store, just blind joke. And uh, a dog, because you know, blind people have dogs. Not all of us, some of us do without dogs, or canes. I could get one, but it would be not fair. Because I would just have it as a pet. <laughs> some highly trained dog, and then some other person wouldn't get it, and be like me going, yeah, but I got a dog. <laughs> and a cane that I don't need. It picks the dog up by the leash, he starts just swinging it over his head. Guy comes over and goes, okay, sir, can I help you? I'm just looking around. <laughs> um, so, not a lot of blind jokes. There's one. Okay. So, again, it's unlikely that any of you in here have this genotype, but it's possible maybe one of you does. Doing the math, it's probably about a, it's probably about a 0.5 chance. It's probably like, if we had twice as many people, then one of you would be a character. You wouldn't know it. Because it's a dominant uh, recessive relationship. Okay? Here it is. Okay. That's my parents. That's about 15 years ago. And that's my dad, and I miss my dad every day. Sitting on what is now uh, my sister's front. After dad died, mom sold her house to my sister. So that's kind of cool. So that's, god damn, I miss it. Um, they must be the heterozygous gene type. They have to be. They're phenotypically normal, at least as far as their pigment goes. My father was a very strange man in many respects. You've heard of type A personalities? My dad had a heart attack when he was, well, you're younger than me, when he was 52, he drove himself to the hospital. 
I'm serious. Listen, mom calls. Your dad had a heart attack. Really? Is he okay? Yeah, he's fine. Would you call an ambulance? Yeah, your father. He, he drove. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, that, yeah, that's about, that's probably about 15 years ago. Maybe a little more. No, it's about 15. Okay. So, they would then have a one in four chance of having a kid with little a, little a. Because they're big A, little a, or little a. I don't know what their genotype is. It doesn't really matter. I know it's, one, it's heterozygous. I know that much. Right? So one in four chance because they could get a big A from dad, big A from mom, little a, big A, big A, little a, or then the fourth possibility is two little a's. That's it. So my genotype must be little a, little a. It's a pure dominant recessive relationship. So we know just by looking at my phenotype that that must be my genotype. Okay? I'm the one on the left. I literally have no idea who the little kids are, and I've asked my mom, and she has no idea. <laughs> All I know is I'm not looking at the camera, because I can't see it! Um, they didn't have glasses. Yeah, they have glasses for babies now, which is great. When I was a kid, they didn't. They said, oh, here, here are these glasses make you look like Buddy Holly. <laughs> so... That is taken in Sioux Uh You know those apartments on Lake Street across from Churchill Plaza? There. When I was 18 months old, I got glasses. And I would uh, always be a scientist, so I would you know, test gravity by throwing them off the balcony. Until <laughs> I was about 18, there was always tape on my glasses. And I wonder why I had never met a girl. So, yeah, I just... And the day I got my glasses was a huge thing because I could suddenly kind of make things out, I guess. Uh, I, 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 uh, I became obsessed with school buses because I guess I saw a school bus. It's like, oh, that's great. A big orange thing. I, I wanted school buses. I toy school buses. Very strange thing. I was an odd little boy. <laughs> I knew it was. I used to read the letters to the editor in the Globe and Mail when I was five and yell at them. <laughs> Stupid people! Nobody understands what's going on in Southeast Asia. I'm five. God, I was a weird kid. Doesn't make me smart. I was just awed. So, Dan and Steph. Steph's birthday today. She's how old would Stephanie be? So She's 44 today. Wow. So Dan and Steph may be carriers, they may not be. That's my brother and sister. Their kids could carry the allele if they do. And you can see that these are old pictures because they have an extra kid now, that's my sister, and he's in second year engineering at Western. She's a tattoo artist, like a really good one. And now my brother has like his whole body except for his face basically is that one. My brother is a record producer, an engineer, and a professor of... He runs the music industry arts program at Fanshawe College. Won a Juno Award for producing Dolores O'Riordan's solo album from the Cranberries. He's a big deal. I am now known always as, you know, your dad's brother, right? Mm -hmm. For years, like until, we, until I was about 17, he was Dave's brother. And then it changed. Your brother's in that band, right? Yes. Yes, he is.
Yes, I'm Dan's brother. I was, when I was teaching in Newfoundland, this is a long time ago, this is literally 20 years ago, I'm in the student pub just having a beer. I've been there a week. Not in the pub. Like, <laughs> felt like that sometimes, actually, at, at the university. And a student comes up and Dr. Bradback. I said, uh-huh. Are you related to Dan Broadbeck? I said, yes. <laughs> Do you know when the next Gandarvis album's coming out? Oh, I'll ask my brother how to produce their stuff. So. It's happened to me all the time. Yeah, they have, they have an extra kidney. <laughs> That's a good picture. Uh, we had all these pictures taken for like my grandmother's 85th birthday. So we all did family pictures. So my kids have to carry me a little because they must have gotten an A from me, and we know they got big a, a big A from Isabel because they are phenotypically normal as far as, uh, what do you call it, the, the, the melanin. You can look at it. Back when I weighed about 240 pounds, you might know Isabel from such courses as French here at University. She teaches. Um, there's John, who is a giant of a man. Pointing at the other kid is in university, and she's at Western doing a PhD. So I mean, again, these are older pictures. But you can see from the pictures that they must be big A, little A. Actually, little A, big A, if you that first. Because they're phenotypically normal. Right? A John has autism, but that's got nothing to do with it. You can tell how old this picture is? I'm wearing a watch. I don't carry a computer in my pockets, so it's not really need a watch. Question so far. Okay, behavioral effects of this disorder. I can't spend much time in the sun. I literally burn uh, immediately. I can't tan. I wear uh, 110 sunscreen. Because if I don't, I get it and have sunburn. And I mean, you don't even know what sunburns are. It's like I invented them. <laughs> um, and when I was a kid, you couldn't buy sunscreen. That's <laughs> really sensibly. It didn't exist. Because people were all just laying out, getting tans, and smoking cigarettes. It was a different time. Now, uh, I got third degree burns from the sun once. <laughs> that's pretty great, right? I was, that's not as awful. It's 10 years old, July 4th, 1976. Portland, Maine. Certain things one remembers. I have a memory like that, dates, and it's a curse, sort of, because I remember that clearly. So we're in the States, camping, everybody's, yay, bicentennial, America's 200 years old, and I'm like, I can't move. It was just the, sort of the cost of doing business. You're going to go out in the sun? You're going to get a sunburn. Then sunscreen got invented. And there was this stuff called PABA, which was great. It was alcohol-soluble, and you could rub it on your skin, and it was great. And it's also a carcinogen, so they stopped selling that. Uh, and now it's all basically lipid-soluble stuff. It's all greasy and gross. And I hate sunscreen. And I put it on, and I feel like, you, you feel like this when you put it on? You don't want any other part of your body touching anything else? Because it's like, ugh. But I'd rather not get skin cancer. I have very poor vision, as I've noted in my first class. My vision is 2200, which means that what you would see, the, the detail you would see at 200 meters, I see at 20. I have 10% normal visual acuity. So it's not that things are blurry, just detail isn't there. Okay. Yeah. 
Melanin actually guides the growth of the visual system. Okay? Melanin guides the growth of the visual system. But I don't have any melanin. So my eyes are really screwed up the way they're wired up. <coughs> so I don't have binocular vision either. So I don't actually see, I don't apprehend or, or perceive depth the way you do. Does anybody else in here not have binocular vision? Usually there's one person. Can't tell? No. Um, like, anybody here, 3D movies don't work? So everybody else, hey, you lucky bastards. What's that like? <laughs> Things coming at you. I hate it. I'm sitting there going, oh, good. I'm glad I paid an extra $2 for this shit. <laughs> Watching everybody go, ooh, and I'm going, ah, fuck you. <laughs> so I'm glad 3D TV failed because... I don't want to have to buy something, like put an investment into a piece of gear that I can't really use, but I have to wear the freaking glasses, because if I don't, I can't even watch TV. So that's good, I'm glad. I'm sure people that are like, were really colorblind, just black and white, were like that, but when color TV came out, well, I hope it fails. Well, it didn't work like that, pal. <laughs> so, I don't have binocular vision, because uh, my eyes can't focus. Okay. So like, you know how you guys, I mean, from what I understand, if you look at something close, like your finger, the background gets kind of out of focus. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. With you. It works like everything is a flat surface. So the world looks like television to me, except they even do that focus in on things. Right? So I can't uh, apprehend the perceived now, I can tell that things are further away than other things. Like, I know you guys at the back aren't really, really tiny. I just know you're further away. Those are called monocular cues, right? But I don't have binocular cues. So that's when your eyes, uh, the retinal image is somewhat different, and different cells in your occipital lobe fire and tell you that's X meters away. It doesn't work like that. Because my eyes couldn't focus. <coughs> when I was young, those cells had, when I had a critical period of fire, they died. Or were repurposed for something else. I believe hockey statistics and sarcasm. <laughs> <coughs> so if you, if you look at my eyes, you, know, you probably can't start to see this, but my eyes, don't, they're not still. I was called in the stagmas. My eyes shake back and forth constantly. If you can see it, it's hard to, I'm not going to look in someone's eye because that's really, really good. <laughs> But if you, ever, if you ever look at me and you, it seems like my eyes are shaking, they are. My brain writes the image, so it's not like you guys are moving all the time. So my brain writes the image. I know it's happening, though, because after images I get, like from lights, they're all over the place. So it also doesn't help the acuity when your eyes are always moving. The other reason for the acuity problem is I don't have a fovea. <laughs> you know what a fovea is? The fovea is the part of the eye. This is all from a single freaking gene. So you know how if that's your retina, it's not actual size. If it's that big, you'd have a lot of problems. That's a, that's a, that's a serious case of eyeitis, I think they call that. <laughs> big inflamed eyes, I think it's called eyeitis. So you have cones. We have cones and rods. Cones are for daytime and color, right? So yours are like this, your cones. 
are all concentrated right in the middle. You have a few over here. But mostly, and then you have rods that are evenly distributed throughout your eye. Okay? So your cones are all in your fovea, which is a Latin word meaning pit. So when people say foveal pit, they're being redundant. Like synaptic gap thing. So you have that. I don't. My, my cones are just randomly distributed throughout my eye, just like your rods are and my rods are. So the only advantage I have, and this is kind of a, uh, this is not a superpower you want, but I, I, my peripheral vision's in color. The rest of your peripheral vision's in black and white. It doesn't look like that, but it is. You can't just, things that right at the side here, you can't distinguish the colors. I can. It's not really that great. It's not as cool as it sounds. Worst superhero ever, Dave Mann. <laughs> Looks straight ahead and says green, blue, yellow, red. It doesn't help anybody, but it's a party trick I can do. Um, so because of that, uh, so that's what leads to not having the, so the fact that the eyes <coughs> straight back and forth in the stagnus, that's called, is bad for focus, uh, sorry, bad for uh, acuity. So is this, because most of our daytime vision, right, <coughs> down to phobia in the middle of your eye, mine are equally distributed. So it's like I see in standard definition and you see you're watching a 4K television. And I'm watching a 12-inch tube TV from 1974. So I don't have as many pixels, basically. Okay. So that can give you kind of an idea of how I see compared to how you see. Okay. So, yeah. So I can't drive a car. Because of one bad gene, I can't drive a car. Well, two bad copies. For a purely genetic reason, I can't drive a car. It's not the car driving gene. But I can't drive a car. I have driven a car once. It was a mistake. <laughs> um, we had just got our car. And my wife, uh, we went to a place where they tested you. In we lived in London then. And they tested, like, driver testing course, whatever the hell it was. And she said, get out. Well, what is that Sunday? She said, just drive the car. There's nobody here. So I'm thinking, I got to play a lot of video games. How hard can this be? <laughs> so I said, I don't know. I'm probably, I'm probably going about 30, but I'm going really slow. The only thing I didn't, it's like, I'm back to a turn. I didn't realize that the brakes were analog and not digital. I just thought it was on and off. I slammed the brakes on <sighs> And uh, that was the end of my driving career. <laughs> I mean, I could probably do it, but why would I? Why would I? I am not very good at baseball. I just swing. I have no idea where the ball is. <laughs> and it's, I'm talking slow pitch softball, even. Like when I was in, in high school, we used to play pickup baseball. We played like fast pitch, real baseball. But even like slow pitch, I just I don't know. Here. Catching's all so hard. Now there's the ball. I, well, the ball came off the bat, I think, because I heard it. Oh, it's, let's just look. <laughs> oh, there it is. I, I heard it hit the ground. I played hockey as a kid. 
but I'm Canadian. You have to. It's the law. It's <laughs> the Constitution at the back. Um, so, and I could skate okay, and I was, I was big, so I could hit them. Because when I was a kid, you, you could hit in kids' hockey. Mm-hmm. So when I was like nine years old, like when I was 10, I was almost this tall. I, I wasn't big at all. Like I weighed like 85 pounds, but I was 5'9". But when you're that big, it, it just you get in kids' way. Also, almost got to fight in my first game, and we didn't wear face masks. Because, you know, again, it was 1975, 74, and the world was different. Coach was on the, on the bench smoking. Like, it was a completely different time. Um, so, yeah, I'm not very good at a lot of sports. I played them. played football in high school. I didn't play wide receiver. Uh-huh. I played defensive tackle. And I once, my sporting career highlight was I once, I sacked a quarterback, which is kind of fun. I did that a few times. But it was Craig Simpson, future NHL 50-goal scorer with the Edmonton Oilers. And he does uh, color commentary on CBC. So every time, if he says something that really pisses me off, I think to myself, you know, once I picked you up and literally threw you. (laughs) (laughs) So, I just made that up. (laughs) Okay, so... Uh, it's perfectly reasonable if you have any questions you can ask them because uh, I'm not, nothing offends me. And it's curious because there aren't a lot of us around. So if you have any questions about any of this stuff, I can, I'll answer. Let me show you something cool. I didn't have this ready, but. Oh, you know what? I didn't from here. Just a moment, please. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, for Christ's sake. It's not good. We'll do it that way now. And then I'll show you this. Okay. Let's see if that's the word. There it is. Okay. So one of the things that's happened with people with albinism is that we're um, really persecuted in sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, People like me are hunted down, and I'm not kidding about this, hunted down and killed, and their body parts are used for magic. And I'm not kidding, but that actually happens. So the UN uh, has this organization... Uh, it's about, uh, well, it says here, not ghosts for human beings. And so there's me. It's, there's a little thing on here. That, uh, it's kind of cool. Uh, and there's a lot of things that, a lot of misconceptions about us. Uh, you know, uh, which I guess you'd expect with any kind of uh, uncommon disorder. But if you go to my Twitter bio, you can actually, there's a link, the pinned tweet is, is, is a link to that uh, uh, website. Where the hell's my pointer going? I can't see, you know. I don't know if I told you that. <laughs> there it is. You literally have no questions about this. You can ask. Go ahead. If, like, so now they, 
knowing that it's like melanin and all that sort of stuff, is there yeah. anything different they could do like in, that would change the outcome in terms of vision, like the way sunscreen has helped? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, the problem would be you'd have to do that so early that you'd have to know um, in... Jeez. First, you have to know they're pregnant, like right away. You'd have to know the genotype, and then the intervention would have to be done. It's almost impossible. Okay. It would almost be impossible. So you'd have to rewire. Even if they could fix, if I can get brand new eyes that had foveas and the whole thing, they still have to rewire my occipital lung. Also, yeah, my um, my uh, uh, um, optic nerves, uh, they don't aren't wired contralaterally. They're ipsilateral. They go straight back. Okay. Yeah, because no melanin. Say, come over here, come over here, come over here. So the, the neurons just went, well, let's keep going that way. <laughs> It's actually, when you think about it, because of this very small thing, it's amazing, however, that I can see it all, or that anybody likes it. But the, there's a term used in animal behavior called developmental homeostasis, that you end up being, even with a, a grave sort of insult, genetic insult like that, things turn out relatively normal. Uh, the incidence of this uh, is 1 in 18,000 on average. So there's probably two more of us in town. Mm, maybe three more. Yeah. Please. Um, has there been any papers that came out about like CRISPR and like, like the prevention? Or, like, yeah, I haven't seen anything like that. That's it a cool thing. Like sure. I mean, if you could actually go in and edit the gene and it's yeah. done. That'd be awesome, yeah. Because Again, you'd have to do it so early, though, right? So they couldn't do that, like, in an already... Like, with me? Yeah. Because, I mean, one cell out of... Uh -huh. Or not even one cell. A few cells, a couple million. There's yeah. still... You know what I'm saying? So, Actually, I saw a talk by the, the person who gave the honorary degree, got the honorary degree and gave the convocation address my daughter got her master's degree is the woman who invented CRISPR. That's so cool. Yeah, it was so cool. It's like... That's a neat question. Other questions? It doesn't matter if it's personal either. I know it's, it's just, I have a weird disorder, so it doesn't, there's nothing wrong with me that doesn't bother me. You okay? Yeah, please. Um, so I know someone with vitiligo, so the yeah. disease, yeah, is there any relation? Relation, no, but they're sort of similar. Uh, that's, of course, famously what Jackson had, right? Yes. Which is... Basically, you stop producing melanin in certain patches of skin, and it spreads. Or it doesn't spread. Some people, it never really does. It's like a patch of skin kind of thing. Um, I don't know a whole lot about that stuff, but the difference there would be you may end up with a problem in the sun, but your vision still <coughs> The big difference there is going to be that, because the developmental thing that's happened here, the huge thing, is the vision thing. Yeah. Good question. Anything else? I was lucky that my parents uh, didn't treat me very much differently than they would treat my other siblings. So, though I'm the oldest, um, must have been a hell of a shock to them. But, like, I rode a bike. I still rode a bike. Though apparently, bikes are getting stolen here at the university again. You hear that? Yeah. What's up with that? Who's stealing? What kind of asshole steals a bike, first of all? I probably shouldn't ride a bike. <laughs> um, my wife constantly says, be careful. Whenever I go out, you know? No, I won't be careful. I'll just go, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> um, but when, when the person from the CNIB came by when I was in grade five, 
No, sorry, when I was five. Grade, yeah, kindergarten, grade one. And they said, uh, okay, so, so there's a social worker getting me set up with the CIA. So I could get all these services and some, you know, my parents got a tax uh, they call reduction. It? reduction, deduction, I, which I get now, obviously. My mother doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. I went with my son, too, because he has autism. And I kept saying, could anybody else get disabled? It's, it's killing. It's great for our taxes. Um, I know that's a little dark, right? Uh, so it's a little dark. I'm asking my daughter once if she could chop off something. You know, just lose something. Anyway, um, again, a little dark. I'm a real peach to live with, as, as noted. Um, but yeah, I saw so uh, the, the, the woman said to my, this is the story I've been told. The woman said to my parents, well, I'd like to meet your son. Where is he? My dad said, he's riding his bike. And she said, he can't ride a bike? And my dad said, well, there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's pretty great. So my folks, that's why I did things like play sports and all that. Uh, and I was encouraged. Like, there are people who see like me who have canes or dogs. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that I was encouraged to be independent. Because when I was a kid, they could kick you out of school and make you go to a special school. They can't do that anymore. But in 1969, or whatever it was, 1970 probably, I guess, when I started kindergarten, the second day, a teacher, the principal, gets my mom to come in and says, do you know how bad your son's vision is? And my mom kind of looks at him and says, yes. <laughs> Don't you think he should be in a special school? My mother said, no. It was the end of the discussion. They could have forced the issue, they didn't. Different, different time. All right. I used to walk up to the board to read it. Whenever there's a substitute teacher, it was always so weird. It's because it's like, I would do that, and the rest of the class would go, yes, Dave does. <laughs> she'd push, what are you doing? I've got to read the blackboard. Well, go back. I can't read it from there. And then it was always this thing, well, you shouldn't. I'd pull up this curtain. Go, well, I'm actually blind. And they go, oh, God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and it was always a, oh, a great moment. Um, so instead of telling them in advance, because I was a jerk, <laughs> purposely, Right. Nothing else? If you ever have any questions about it, just ask. Um, I am a UN ambassador, after all. I believe it gives me diplomatic immunity so I can kill any one of you. <laughs> so, you know that. so you don't hand your stuff in on time. Don't be surprised if the UN shows up at your door and just takes you away. Yeah. Like the Gitmo. Anyway, so here's another cool example. Now this is hamsters. Not nearly as interesting as me. So hamsters are like any animal on this planet, have a 24-hour circadian rhythm, right? There's one now. That's one of the mutant hamsters. It looks kind of shitty, right? Because it's one single gene, but they look kind of raggedy. So Martin Ralph is not a hamster. He's a researcher. <laughs> um, Marty now runs the, oh, God, I forget the name of the circadian rhythm something something center, <laughs> U of T. Um, that's an old picture. He was um, breeding rat, um, sorry, hamsters for his research, and on a totally different topic. And these hamsters showed up that had a 20-hour cycle, not 24 hours. He found the gene, named it the tau gene, tau for time. So if you have big T, big T, 24-hour cycle. Little t, little t, 20 hour cycle, and the heterozygous gives you a 22 hour cycle. So this is partial dominance. That's what I was talking about at the beginning. Okay. 
can you see it on my uh, PPT? Smart guy. So that's what happens here. You can see why this is bad, right? Because hamsters are, like in the wild, they'd be dead. That wouldn't last long. There aren't any in the wild. This happened because he was breeding hamsters and there was some weird mutation that he found and went, he went from there. In the wild, what would happen, because hamsters are nocturnal, right? If you ever had a hamster, you know that. They're not great pets because they only, they're awake at night. They make noise when you're sleeping and they sleep when you're awake. Hmm. Sees you when you're sleeping. It's getting too close to Christmas. Don't, not, not close enough, brother. Don't sing Christmas songs. So, they would last a very short period of time. Because <laughs> they'd suddenly be wide awake or be asleep at night and other, uh, sorry, wide awake uh, at night, things would eat them. Basically, they'd be awake at the wrong time. Right? They'd be dead. Every other animal, not just every other animal, Every organism on this world has a circadian rhythm of roughly 24 hours, which makes sense but with the spinning of the earth and the what have you, right? So what happens here with these hamsters? It is a single gene. It affects brain development, specifically a part of the brain called the SCN. The SCN is actually there and your, by the way, also you. It's your internal clock. If you take an SCN out of a hamster, presumably of a human, but you wouldn't do that because that would be mean. <laughs> Ethics would be bad. I'm going to open up your brain, take bits out just to see what happens. Wait till the next topic kind of happened in history. Um, but it actually uh, pulses. It's a clock. It just pulses. It's very cool. The problem is their SCNs are bad. So if you could take the SCN out of a wild type Oh, there's quite cotton. I should say there may be cognitive effects. There are cognitive effects. The point here is that um, if you take the SCN out of a mutant and put it in a wild type, wild type just means normal. Um, you end up now with a hamster that has a 20 hour clock. Or the other way around, you can take one out of a wild type, put it in mutant, and you end up with an animal that has a normal 24 hour clock. Cool, right? Questions so far? Makes sense? Pretty simple. It's, again, this is affecting brain development, and it's a very specific, it's one single gene. Okay, let's talk about learning mutants in Drosophila. Now, Drosophila are fruit flies. That's, that's a blown up picture, that's not actual size. That would be a real problem. So it's sort of the white rat of genetics. Oh, that's further over. Okay. When you say that, it means that they're really, everybody knows the genome. Uh, they're easy to play with to damage their genes. There's all kinds of really cool techniques. You talked about these guys in genetics probably, right? And these really cool techniques of making like these, put these marker genes in them so you can tell which part of the body has one genome and which part has another. It's all really cool stuff. A lot of that stuff was developed by David Suzuki, people. So here's, here's, here's some learning mutants. Dunce. These are great names. Um, dunce can't learn. Think. Fruit flies learn? Yeah, sure. So uh, you put fruit flies in a little 
I think it's called a cage, but it's more like a, an enclosure, because a cage with holes they fly through. So it's glass, like plastic. And you put a little uh, shock frog in. And when the fruit fly lands, they learn pretty quickly, don't go there. It hurts. It hurts. Because it flies? I don't know. So, the ones that have this single gene mutation, the, the dunce uh, morph, they can't learn it. They're flying around like stupid fruit flies, and they land on the thing and go, ow! And they fly around, land back on it and go, ow! Why does that keep happening? They're stupid. So they're called ducks. Amnesia. These ones remember the thing about the shock rock for about 15 seconds and then forget. So they land, oh, this is horrible. I'm not going back over there. Hey, what a nightmare. I'm going to fly around over here. Maybe I'll look what it's going to say like over there. Ow! It's that kind of thing. That's my impression of the amnesia Christoph. And see. You are welcome. Stuck. <laughs> um, ones that are stuck, this isn't, well, it's not learning, it's behavioral, because when they start <coughs> mating, they can't be, they don't uncouple. So they die with a smile on their face, but, so they never, Never leave. I'm much more uncomfortable talking about that than I am about my own genetic disorder. It's amazing. So, <laughs> quiz interruptus, they pull out. So instead of depositing their sperm, they don't. They start mating, and then they stop, and they don't deposit their sperm where it should be, which is inside the female. That one sounds like it's about sex, but it's not. Um, Bang-sensitive ones, you put them in a test tube, and you hit the side of the test tube. Bang-sensitive ones get stunned like you hit them with a phaser on Star Trek. They all get sort of unconscious if, if flies are conscious. Then they wake up after a couple minutes, and they're fine. You do it again. It's pretty crazy, right? favorite one. I think we all have a favorite one. I like this one. Sadly, they stopped giving them cool names. So these are kind of funny, right? Most of science is not funny. So it's, it, when you can actually do something and say, I can make a funny, funny joke, you do it. Uh, people stopped doing it. Genesis sort of said, we should stop doing that. It's like, why? It was funny. But per, this is about periodicity. This is a single gene that controls the circadian rhythm of Drosophila. It sound vaguely familiar? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's basically the same effect as we had, as Marty Ralph found, with the hamsters. Okay, so now we have screwed up circadian rhythms, but other things about timing too, like. Um, 
doing mating dances too fast, things like that. So it's a lot of things that had to do with time. Now, why is it cool? Well, first of all, it's cool. It's a single gene that can control something so complicated. But also, the neat part of this to me is that if you look at the, the, the uh, look at the gene itself, CGAT, right? The the codons. You actually get 99% hybridization with the tau gene from hamsters. It's the same gene with some very small modifications, which tells you something. It tells you that this periodicity exists then in the common ancestor of fruit flies and hamsters, <coughs> which is a long time ago. When evolution sort of figured out through dumb luck, as you know, how to code things about time. It's like, oh, that works. There's, that's never going to be selected against. You know what's even neater? There's a slime mold. And even, even slime molds have a 24-hour period of growth and not growth. And when you look at the gene that controls, it's the same freaking gene. That actually kind of gave me a little shiver. Like, that really excited me. I love it. As an aside, I explained mods and bats and polyphenols. Just like that. Questions? So you see, we got can be pretty simple things like uh, well, that can be pretty complicated things. Learning can be mating thing, and climbing, but they're all controlled these things by single genes in, in fruit flies. And the genes themselves are not that different than the genes that we carry. It's how the genes interact and how many others you have that make the difference. Remember, we're 99%. We have the same genetics 99% as a, as, a, as a chimp. That 1% is a big difference. Because people, on average, when they meet each other, don't throw poop at each other. Whereas chimps, they're chimps. That's what they do. So what does this all mean? So what does a gene for behavior mean? You might think it means a behavioral difference caused by a genetic difference, but it's not even really that. I talked the other day about variance. So it's variance in genetics explains variance in behavior. This is the best way to put it. Um, can we say as a shorthand this is a genetic cause? Yeah, sure. So you can say that I can't drive a car because for a 100% genetic reason. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, actually you can wear, and I wouldn't do this because I think it would be disturbing, but you can get these things that go under your glasses. They're called bioptics. So you look like you're wearing night vision goggles and you're Sam Fisher, which is also cool. If, if I had those, every time I put them on, I go, just I'd make that noise and I'd start talking like this and interrogating people. It'd be bad. I think in video games, um, which is probably also another genetic problem. But if you wear those, you can actually, in Ontario, you can, I think you can get a driver's license. I wouldn't do that. I don't think I should be driving cars. But I know people that have this disorder. I mean, a couple of Facebook groups because there's a Facebook group for everything. Uh, and they drive. I wouldn't even do a car with them. Um, but it's legal. You have to be tested with the bioptics on. 
they basically, they're like, like I said, they're like uh, telescopes, like binoculars going on, on your glasses. I just, I got, I, self-driving car. I, I'm waiting for that. Wait for that. Because the idea of going somewhere and just sitting in the back drinking coffee, maybe lying down watching Mad Men on my iPad, that's, <laughs> right? Or going to a party and having a few drinks in the car beforehand and it's completely legal. Or, hey, in a couple of weeks, going to a party, getting high in your car. So, you could say that I can't drive because of a genetic reason, but that's even there. There's an environmental thing we could, one could do. It doesn't mean a complex behavioral sequence or some complex cognitive system is caused by a single gene. Other things contribute to behavior, but some difference has to be caused by genetics. Because if the gene, if like, put it this way, if my gene was, if, if I if I had normal, uh, if I could make tyrosine, if I could metabolize, I'm sorry, tyrosine, this wouldn't be here. So there is some causal thing there. There's no doubt about that. Now, just because something has a genetic basis doesn't make it unchangeable. That's the thing that people get caught up. And I don't mean even with things like CRISPR or things like that, which is cool. I'm talking about just simple environmental intervention. So, the example that I like to use, I always want to spell this right, so I'm going to look up that. I usually just mumble the words. Yeah, okay, that's it. So, PKU. Do you know what PKU is? Okay. It's a genetic disorder, right? Yeah. yeah, if you don't get married. That's it. You cannot metabolize. If you have PKU, you cannot metabolize. This is why I just looked this up. Now, what do I misspell? You know Elaunate. I may have misspelled that. Check. <laughs> Should put it in my notes that I had in front of me. Uh, nah, there's only one L. Okay. So you can't metabolize it. Um, this used to be the number one cause of mental retardation in the Western world. Single gene, can't metabolize phenylalanine, which is in a lot of food. Oh, it's a chemical. Everything's made of chemicals, including, you know, apples. So anyway, I don't know if apples have phenylalanine. A lot of things do. When people figured this out, they figured, you know, because the build of phenylalanine screwed with brain development, and you ended up with pretty severe mental retardation. <coughs> Except if you don't eat food with phenylalanine, you end up being totally normal with an IQ on average of 100, the standard deviation of 15, like where we all live. But we're all smarter. <laughs> so we have a completely, something that, in this case, a cause of mental retardation is completely genetically based, yet we can completely change it. When you have a baby, there's a reason you are kept there for 24 hours. Even if, after you have your kid, you want out. My wife both times is like, can we go now? It's like, I don't think so. I think they'll make you come back. So 24 hours later, they take your kid, and they give your kid a blood test. 
and it's a horrible thing to happen. I mean, it's good they do it, but when it's your first kid and you see they take, they poke your kid in the toe, in the foot rather, they take blood, you go, what are you doing, you animal? And you hear your kid cry. Crying like newborns aren't that bad. It's when they start to have tears, the little manipulative bastards. But the first month and a half, there's no tears. It's like there's like, hey, shut up. Um, they don't come with a manual. Like, you have no idea what you're doing. Once they start manipulating you by having tears, which is, which is totally manipulative evolutionarily, then you go, oh, now I'm sad. Before, it was just like, will you shut up? What do you want? What, you want me to change you? I did that. You want, like, your mother could use that? I, none of this works. <laughs> and then after 24 hours, they fall asleep, and you look at each other and go, let's sleep. And then the kid wakes up. Um, anyway, they get, get a little poke there, and then they do a blood test, they do a little very quick test, and they say, your kid, now and then, your kid's got PKU. Do you know what this means? Blah, blah, blah. And they say, here's the food the kid can never eat till he or she may be, now, they now say till about 18, he used to be, they said, never eat this, this food. And then, you know what? Kid's going to be normal. That's a completely, that's a genetic basis, heritability 1.0, and we can completely destroy it with the environment. Awesome. So just because something has a genetic basis doesn't mean you can't affect it. Which is some weird thing that people think when you say that's got a genetic cause. Well, you think then nothing can change. You're worse than Hitler. I, I put that as a little hyperbole. So you remember that genotype is, type is not phenotype. Just because someone carries a certain gene doesn't mean they are necessarily... Like, I would guess someone in here knows someone with PKU. And then when I say no, but what one of you? You do, yeah? Yeah, I know. Right? That's a friend of mine, he was actually a speechwriter for Obama. Cool. Really? Yeah. Oh, so it's like the West Wing. <laughs> Notice how I don't get excited that it's Obama. I get excited because a TV show I like might be... I love it. Speech. Does, does she go around saying... I was the one who came with that red state, blue state, United States of America. Thing. That's what I'd say. That's the greatest speech ever written. He does not. That's a he? Okay. That's, a, that's what I'm doing. I take credit for every, all the good ones. Which were most of them. Um, so yeah, we had somebody do something. Totally fine. Right? Obviously pretty accomplished. When they do that blood test, though, it's, it's so like, you poked my kid with a needle in their foot. They use the foot because it's, it's not heavily innervated. It, doesn't, it hurts less than if they went somewhere else. That's the only reason. And there's enough blood vessels that they can get blood. Like they went up the back because it's, it's, it'd be harder to get blood there. Right. So genotype is not phenotype. Remember that. Questions? Do we start the next topic for seven minutes, or do we stop? Is it, what's, the, what's the general consensus? We stop? Okay, we stop. I'll uh, see you next time, and uh, have a good rest of the week. Stand at the telephone booth, and no one seems to be home. Roger's called my baby, but she ain't sleeping alone. I'm thinking about those miles that I have to drive And now I'm sitting here thinking about my baby's eyes And I, I've been told
about my baby's eyes I died Not been told That I've been broken You down for too long I died Not been told That I've been broken You down for too long She loves that baby Cadillac Thanks for listening to the lecture. Um, all of the audio is available, of course, on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you're using. Just search for da uh, Dr. Dave Brodbeck's uh, Psychology Lectures at Algoma University, which is the most ungainly title ever. Uh, these are released under a sh uh, um, Creative Commons copyright share like 3.0 Canada. Uh, you can't use these for commercial purposes. Um, you feel free to share them uh, and feel free to mash them up any way you want. But if you do that, that means I get to do the same thing with your stuff. Sort of like the GNU license. Um, I hope you learned something. But if you didn't, I, unless you're one of my students, I really don't care. Um, the music, by the way, for each uh, song, for each uh, uh, episode, <laughs> lecture, uh, is uh, available. They're all podcast, uh, like Podsafe music. So if you want to uh, find out about the bands, there's links on my website at people.aoc.ca slash broadback. Uh, if those links don't work, just contact me, and I'll find uh, I'll find out. Um, often I put links uh, actually in the uh, what I call them show notes or blog posts. So uh, you know, buy these people's music; they're they're making the stuff available out there. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>